A fascinating first hour it was for the first 35-40 minutes, a conversation between myself and General Bandubonge Harrington Olomisa. He's a military man who took over a country at the age of 32 years. I think it remains a South African record. We haven't had a head of state younger than 50, much less in one's 30s. And of course, my guest is the one who's done it. Fantastic stuff. General, quick question yes, in relation to that conversation you were having with Mr. Vavi. This is not a question which is intended to do anything other than to engage the issue. Yes. The Africana government of the time noted a problem for its constituency. Africanas. Yes. They are poor following the Anglo-Boer War and the ravages of war and the times in which they were functioning in. I mean, we're talking about the Great Depression the world over. Come the solution to the poor white problem. Yes. They did, they they did what they had to do to sort out their constituency. In Isikosa, we'll say, so let, let's, let's speak now softly. The, what the is so party difficult now? You, uh, if you were to say to them they were applying socialism, they applied this socialism policy even... I mean, more after the sanctions were declared against South Africa. Albeit, under separate development, that is, you have homelands, you have colored communities, but the overall policy, policy, they believed in the state intervention in the economy. That's why they solved the problem of the poor Afrikaner. The same thing happened after the Second World War in Germany when the Germans came up with a Marshall Plan. The state intervened in a big way. But here, the difference here at home, when you calculate the monies which the Auditor General uh, is, is, mm. uh, is, is always auditing, it runs into billions and billions, up to trillions, if you from 1994. But when you begin to measure what happened to this money? Mm. Why there are potholes in towns? Why there are no maintenance units anymore? Why the hospitals are going down? Why the government buildings are not maintained? But at the end of the day, the Auditor General says, but you approved for a road to be built. You approved so much. So it's, it's uh, the, I, I would say, it's not that South Africa is poor under the black rule, but I think the caliber of the administrators, mm. which they ran South Africa from 1994, uh, were pushed, I mean, uh, is questionable. And one other mistake, which I think the ANC government did, was to usurp the powers of the accounting officers, DGs, CEO of SOEs, and that these institutions, you'll find that it's the ministers, political heads who are driving policies, telling people what to do. And some of them, if not 99% of them, they are clueless when it comes to the policies. Mm. So if we want to, even if we were to use these pensions for infrastructure development, we would have to do a lot of work 
because I cannot uh, risk and say uh, we give you so much money, Minister X, in your department. And this minister uh, get involved into the allocation of tender or even at, at municipality level. Mm. So mm. If, if, if we don't instill discipline, we will always be comparing ourselves and say, how did the Africaners do this? It was discipline. Germans did mm. this. It was discipline. Here at home, it's free for all. There's no discipline. Look at this code, this money, this. how they are looking yeah, sure. at it. No, that's a fair point, General. No, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. We are now, I'm just highlighting what's going to happen for the balance of this show. We're going to be in conversation with Dr. Mdende, Dr. Nobuzolam Mdende, specifically on the African narrative to engage how COVID-19 has had an impact on cultural practices across the nation. And to the extent that COVID-19 has had that impact, what is that impact? I had a conversation with you just before we went live on air, and I know you'll participate in that conversation. And of course, we're gonna have that after the break. But before we go to the break, there is a very, very curious listener here who, and I absolutely cannot ignore this one. Songezo, please ask General to tell us what the proverb of the fish is. General, what is the proverb <laughs> of the fish? Do you know? Do you remember? Can you tell us? Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> So you must put him. You must put him on the speaker so that he can tell us. Because he seems to be a clever man. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Thank you so much, General. I asked the question. You responded the way you chose. Nonetheless, let's continue the conversation. Thank you so much. It's twenty-one eleven. on SAFM. Much like our daily routine, religious and cultural rituals have been derailed by the coronavirus pandemic. Strict measures, if not ultimate banning, have also been placed on funerals and cultural activities such as initiation schools, Ugu Twasa, and the Reed Dance, among many others, spread across the cultural landscape of the country. This, of course, has created a sense of discomfort, particularly because cultural expressions are both historical and deep forms of expression. Some even feel that African culture is under threat because of COVID-19. The question is, where to from now? Our guest, particularly in the cultural community, needs very little, if any, introduction. Dr. Nogozolam Dende, Commissioner at the Commission for the Promotion and Protection of Rights of Cultural and Linguistic Communities. General Holomisa is part of this conversation and he will pose questions to Dr. Mdende or I will pose questions to him. It's a three-way conversation, but I'm here going to be a little bit more prominent. Dr. Mdende, Mama, thank you so much for joining us. Perhaps with what I've said, what then is the thinking or the feeling at the commission, the CRL that is, in relation to how South Africa's cultural practices across the landscape are being compromised or however affected by the advent of COVID-19 and, and the regulations in place and the limitations placed on them. Oh, good, uh, good evening and uh, good evening to the listeners. You don't know what you are doing. And as long as, how can you say the general must ask questions to me? How can you <laughs> just put me in such a hot plate? Mono general. Mono, mono, mama, I won't ask you a question at all. Thank you so much. You know what I could first say, thanks for inviting us. Uh, with the advent of this uh, cor coronavirus or COVID 19, 
You know, I just want to make an introduction first. Yes, ma'am. As an African community, there's a centrality of the family. And by family with us, we don't mean what is called in the West the central, I mean the, the nuclear family. We mean mm. the clan and we mean the community. And now, even by the family, we don't only mean the blood uh, uh, genealogy. There is also that we got the relatives, which are through blood and relatives, which are through marriage. So my, the, the, my, 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 my daughter-in-law's parents, we are now related to that family. So with that family, or my son-in-law's parents, in laws, what is that family? What we are doing now? We share joys, we share also share sorrows. So when it comes to the question now of death, those families must come together so that we share the sorrows. And also, not only the real relatives by blood and by marriage, but also the neighbors must come to share and also witness. That Unokuzolamdende uh, passed on in 2020 and was buried. Here is a grave. So we share all those things. And now COVID-19 now says, okay, 15. I mean 50. And now if we say 50, now this is also dividing the families. Because if my, my father is passed on and there are all these relatives who are 45, and they are neighbors who are next to me. Now, who am I to tell my, my paternal aunt that we're already having 50, so you can't come, Tatobao. So it's dividing the families instead of uniting them, and it's dividing the communities. So you find now we are losing that Ubuntu thing because if the children they have lost their parents. I can't go there because that family is big, so they must be alone there. That is not our own way of life. And again, this problem with us, there is this saying in Wuzog about family. That means you ask the elderly because they are full of wisdom and so on and so on. So what is happening now? Because as elderly people, we are having all these diseases high blood pressure and this and heart failure and, 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 and diabetes. So we are encouraged not to attend the funerals. So that means I cannot attend my uncle's funeral because I've got diabetes. I may catch the, the disease there. So I'm not going there. So that concept of Ubuntu is dismantling by COVID-19. Even the question of Rituals. Now, with the question of rituals, there is that a, a, a part where we, as family members, we share this African beer, we share that part of the meat which is called Umotwama. It's from one clay pot, so we share as the family members. So now, it's no, we're no, no longer going to do that because what is going to happen now? We, what we are going to do now, we must have a mask so that we pour for each person 
there must be a mark for each person. There must be. So we are changing our rituals now. So that is what the COVID-19 is doing now to us mm. mentally defending. <laughs> Mr. Olomisa, you are listening to this, and I'm sure in many respects you can relate to some of the limitations placed on you as an individual by COVID-19 based on what you can or cannot do, culturally speaking. I also know that you are consulted on not just as an elder, but also as a member of parliament, and therefore you would have access and proximity to the president and his council in relation to the regulations that pertain. To the extent that these expressions by Maundende have been made by the Commission and members of Parliament, do you have a sense if whether or not the Council, the President's Council, has taken cognizance of this issue to the extent that it has? What is its attitude or response? General. Well, <clears throat> I, I, I agree with uh, uh, Mrs. Ndende's uh, opening narrative. But the truth of the matter is that COVID-19 has completely changed the way we live, uh, the way we interact, and uh, or even socializing. Mm. It's, it's not in Africa only, but uh, we observe this in a number of uh, countries. The difference, though, is that in Africa, the healthcare system uh, and diseases, uh, in terms of preparedness, is a big, big challenge. If, for instance, the government had made the point that the hospitals and the clinics of South Africa, at least they have that primary health care you know, facilities, and also the the first line of uh, equipment like gloves. But when this COVID was announced, it looks as though they, they didn't have a thing on the ground. So to come back to your question, I would say, yes, maybe the president and his cabinet uh, could have assess the situation in the rural areas, vis-a-vis urban areas. Mm. In the rural areas, for instance, you have chiefs and headmen and councillors. Mm. If they wanted to run an effective campaign, they should have had a workshop for the chiefs and headmen and so that they can call their subjects. People in the rural areas respect those people even more than the cancer. Mm-hmm. And say, this is a backup. All your clinics in these areas, or we are going to convert some of these schools, some of the schools into a sort of a field hospitals or clinics and, uh, and, 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 and bring uh, the required uh, equipment like PPE. So, but... This is a government which doesn't listen. They always think they know it all. Mm, mm, the socioeconomic mm. conditions in Africa, especially here, <clears throat> people are sharing. Even in a shack, you'll find that there are about three families. Or in a four-roomed house, there are about six families. So that is the culture. That's the way we have been 
uh, doing things, you go to the rural, to the rural areas. This Rondavel, you will find about two or three uh, people sleeping of, uh, in this uh, uh, Rondavel. So we needed yes. to understand the situation of South Africa. Sure, I've got you there. I've got you there. And before we carry on, I just do wish to remind those listeners, we've got some less than 10 minutes to go in this conversation. COVID-19, its impact on culture. Our lead guest, Dr. Nogo Zolamdende, Commissioner at the Commission for the Promotion and Protection of Rights of Cultural and Linguistic Communities. Tuesday Takeover guest who's still on the line. Of course, I'm talking to and about and with General Bandu Holomisa. Let's take some calls, please, if there are any. 0891-104-207. Please, like Romeo, don't leave it until there are two minutes left of the conversation and hope to get two minutes in of your point. Let's now continue the conversation, please. Mamum Dende, here is an important point that the General has made. The relationship between government and community leaders, um, specifically your traditional leaders, and how traditional leaders can be better used, better engaged, to engage the community who are going to live the conditions as occasioned by COVID-19. To what extent in your experience at the CRL has there been an engagement that is pleasing to you from government to traditional leaders to engage, as Mr. Olomisa said, the subjects, the people who now have to suspend who effectively they are. Thank you so much. What is happening is that as CRL Commission, we have engaged with the government to say, and also with the media, and also with the people where we can reach them, to say government also involves the traditional leaders and traditional healers and also the committee members because in the rural areas the question of uh, uh, um, having some medicinal plants who can treat the fever, who can treat the throat, who can treat the temperature, our, our mothers have got those, that knowledge. We have got that knowledge. What is happening is for the government to, 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 to teach as, as General said, now to involve the traditional leaders as custodians so that they can involve the communities. That is why we are saying, people now are talking of Umtlonyane. Umtlonyane is not something that is new to us. And people now are talking about Zumbambos and many other things. These are the things that we are using in the rural areas. And we are using as a way of life, not just because there's COVID now. And also now how to protect. That is why as CRL we are saying it would be better if now the government can also pro- promote the traditional medicine. Because we don't need to be told by Madagascar about Mishonyane. We don't need to be told by London about um, uh, 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 these other medicines and so on. These are the things that they are using. But the problem the government is on the upper hand and that imposes mm. to the rural areas and don't involve, not involve them, just to tell them how to do it. So generally is right. We need to go to traditional leaders, traditional healers, involve people and form structures that are going to teach our people and even to teach the government itself because the government thinks that the best medicines are those that are coming from the laboratories. And there are not only those, there are those that come straight from the, from the soil. So let us teach each other. 
Fantastic. Let's take a call on that point, Mama. Um, we've got KGM, a regular caller. Good evening, KGM. Your thoughts, please. Make it snappy as always. Thank you for calling. Good evening. Good e Thank you, Songhez, for taking my call. Good evening, uh, Abazari. Uh, yes, here's a straight one, uh, Songhez. Uh, I'm, I'm a so-called Bushman. If you if you if I take you general, no mama, yes. Uh, <coughs> we don't know anything about PPE, mask, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, most of people uh, tour our area, not necessarily to go and see anything, but to come and look for us, yeah, uh, for help. And and this knowledge, this information is not talked about. We don't even exist in uh, constitutionally in this country. It's called We're indigenous knowledge. Now I'm coming to that, General. What mm. what is Mama uh, uh, organization doing about? We are not the only one. There, mm. There's quite a number of them in South Africa. I'm just talking as Umuntu because I am one. Mm. Mm. When it comes to to the issue of us ignoring our ability as well as our natural gifted ability and talent. I think it's the issue of uh, documenting it and secondly, commercializing it. I want to be to, have I turned into a cheap, right? They want something cheap, useless. The queue is going to be long. But Kauti, come here. Here is the right one. So can we document our indigenous knowledge systems? Can we recognize the Abatwa and other tribes who can come to the to the rescue of not only COVID, but many other things? Please, if Thanks, I can KGM. have your comment on that. Mamum Dende, that is a response for you. Please, I'm going to give you a minute, and then I'm going to ask the general to finalize the conversation and the show for us. Mamum Dende, one minute, your response to KGM. Happy for that because even before COVID, this is what SPRL has suggested. That I'm also the chair of the research committee. That what is needed now is for us to have to initiate an institute for traditional healing and also we document all these traditional medicines and we promote them because this is when you're saying this is the right one, the problem is that. People, they come with, they say this is the right one, the one that is processed. And if I take an aloe, an aloe, I just take it below the garden and I use it. And then you will come with the aloe that is brought from the farmers. They say it's the right one. And I say, ah, ah, I want the fresh one. So that is why I was saying there must be this institution that is going to unite all those people who are studying. I'm a Sangoma, for instance. I'm no different from the MBCHB. But the one from SAPCP has got it from the university. Fantastic. But with me, it has come from my ancestors. Let those doctors unite and form an institute that is going to heal all South Africans. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Nogozolamdende, for your thoughts. It's always a pity that we never have enough time, especially when we discuss these issues in the new hour. But with that said, it certainly is an ongoing conversation, and we shall be sure to draw on your wisdom going forward. The general, then, we have another two minutes left of this conversation. You're a TV man because you featured on ENCA talking to us about fishing. Now you're a radio person. Change of careers potentially after your political life? 
Well, thank you for the opportunity. To, uh, but uh, if, if, if one looks at this, uh, you remember that I said uh, the COVID-19 has changed the way we live. Mm. I look at the churches, for instance, uh, to say due to limited activities of their religion because of current regulations. Mm. Uh, the way I see it, I think it's going to lead to many religious followers questioning their beliefs. Instead, they believe more in science because the, see, the way I see it, there's, there's going to be a big debate between the scientists as well as those who are in the religion. Finally, the truth of the matter is that our people are beginning to take this coronavirus serious. At the beginning, they were just saying this thing is for China and so on and so on. Mm. But the more people are dying now, yes. our people are beginning yes. to even accept these stringent uh, measures against their normal customs and the norms and customs. Mm. Take, for instance, the, 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 the preparing of their people within a certain period. People sure. are getting used to the new arrangement. Circumcision schools have been suspended. All what we need is uh, intensified education and awareness to save the lives for now. Excellent. Whether you say you believe in your own God or you say, uh, I've got this uh, way of going to a river and pray before, then I will... I mean, in Port St. John's, for instance, when COVID was reported, some people in that village ran to the forest and say, just to, 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 to seek a refuge. As to mm. say, we're waiting for this corona to come to us. Those kind of uh, education needs to be, understand the culture of the people, but at the same time, you say, Excellent. if you don't do this, this, these are the implications. Thank you very Simulian much. Well, thank you so much. We could never be more indebted to you for your time and for honoring us as you have and for being as candid as you were and also for bringing a sense of humor to the show. Much appreciated. <laughs> Just for you to know, there are some ladies who are crushing on you. Miss Balisa Mambi says, thoroughly enjoyed the general on the show. When can he come back? And Silindi, I mean, so Silindi, where says, check your DM. It could be a classic case of Man Crush Tuesday. I don't know what that means. <laughs> check your DMs on Twitter, General. There's a Silindi who has sent you a message there. Chapter two, I can't read your message. Nonetheless, thank you so much for it. Everybody yeah, else, thank, thank you for you. your time. Thank you. It's time for us to thank move on.